Today's episode is brought to you by Brondo, the Thirst Mutilator. Get your hands on the best beverage of the year 2505. This high-intensity, electrolyte-rich energy drink will hit you so hard you'll be screaming, Ouch, my balls! Brondo, the Thirst Mutilator. It has what plants crave. I don't want any of that. <laughs> it could be good. It has what plants crave. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Cineversal Nerds. I'm Brian. I'm Jesse. And on today's episode, we will be talking about our top five favorite movies of all time. It's a long time coming. Yeah. Uh, it was a very hard list to come up with. I think it'd be easier if we had like a top 50 yeah, favorite I, movies. Yeah, I changed my, my fifth one like probably 50 times. So that yeah. would be, uh, suffice. The fifth one was the hardest to, to nail down. And going through my, my top five, um, the first four seem pretty normal but my fifth one is it's like what's that doing in there yeah but uh, i just try to find movies that like if it's on like i always watch it absolutely or i watch every time you know every year or if you own it and you're just looking for something to watch and you scroll past and you're like i've seen that a thousand times but i'm gonna watch it again yeah because I, I could totally watch it again <laughs> i mean that's a lot of movies that's why also this was so hard but right so a favorite movie if for for me would be uh Something you've seen like more than any other movie. You can quote it. Uh, you can always watch it, whether it's on TV or on a DVD or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, if you hear somebody quote it that you're having a conversation with, you'd be like, oh, I know that movie. You know. Yeah. So that's kind of how we compiled it. See, I quote a lot of movies that aren't on my top five. Right. But <laughs> like Step Brothers. <laughs> I quote that. Would you say that's an honorable mention? Yeah, oh, definitely. Okay. Yes. So we do have honorable mentions, but like our other episodes, we will start with uh, what did you watch last? But before we get to what did you watch last, I do want to take a second to point out uh, some things. Uh, in our past episodes, there have been some mistakes that I have said, uh, maybe saying the wrong person's name that has done something. I can think of in particular uh, in our franchise episode when we were talking about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation with Matthew McConaughey. I said that he was popular at the time for doing a movie called The Time to Kill. And in the episode, I said that that book was written by Michael Crichton. Now, that is completely wrong. I knew it was wrong, but when I said it, (laughs) I just didn't... I don't know. It's actually John Grisham. (laughs) Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. John Grisham writes all the court drama books. Um... So my apologies for that. Uh, With our episodes, we do take notes, uh, but when I take notes, it's usually the years they come out um, and maybe like some little little trivia about them. But for the most part, all this that we talk about, it's really just improv off the top of our heads. Yeah, I also made a mistake. What was your mistake? I uh, when I was talking about uh, sex education, I called the you know uh, the main character his name Milo, but it's actually Otis. Because I was thinking that, Milo. That makes, I mean, that's, so, like, that's, I pretty, just, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, but it's Otis. Um, and just the last episode, our Studio Ghibli episode, I did say Ghibli once. Mm. Well, well whole, I know, mean, that has been a habit. It know, was. Because we didn't know how to say it. So. Right. It wasn't until I actually looked it up to see how you actually pronounced it, and it yeah. was Ghibli, but I did say Ghibli once, so <laughs> that's, that's my fault. Anyways, that aside, if... So if there's more mistakes, like I said, it's just, this is all improv stuff. So we're going to go right into, what'd you watch last? Um, not much. 
Uh, we we did watch uh, Christmas Chronicles. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell. Yep. There's two of those, right? Yep. We watched them both. So I was watching my niece, and she wanted to watch those. Yeah, because right now it's December second, so we're watching the yep. holiday movies. Mm-hmm. Everything Christmas. Well, mm-hmm. except and then uh, and those movies are actually pretty good. I haven't seen them. Kurt Russell makes a great Santa. He kind of looks like Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> and love Kurt uh, uh, Goldie, uh, Goldie Hawn is Mrs. Yeah. Claus. So. And they've been a couple for since like the eighties. Yeah, and that's like <laughs> rare. You know. I don't even think they're married. They're just a couple. And oh, I don't uh, know. maybe they are now, but they weren't for the longest time. And I think that was oh, so it's part like of Gene their thing. And his yeah. Lady. And I do like Kurt Russell's son. Um, Wyatt Russell. Oh, yeah. I mean, he pissed me off in that show, but I know what he's supposed to. <laughs> but U.S. agent. Yeah. Captain America. Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I do, I do. Those are on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Still? Okay. Yep. And then uh, we just uh, binge-watched uh, the newest season of Survivor. Still going with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long series. Oh, yeah. But it's so good. Like, you just get sucked into all the drama and the stuff. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. That makes sense. Is that about it that you watched? Um, that I can think of. Yeah. I have watched so much random stuff, but nothing like the yeah. Holiday Wars. Holiday it's a lot Wars? Of, a lot of reality TV. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like Storage Wars, but with holidays. Um, yeah, they have a Halloween Wars too, which is like just these bakers that get together and they like create these like extravagant displays out of food and modeling chocolate and like stuff like that and it's just like amazing cool it's very interesting and it made us uh, crave baked goods so we made cookies the other night okay we're just craving them were they were they really cool looking and extravagant no they weren't fancy cookies but they tasted fancy okay all right well that's all that counts right (laughs) they're so good (laughs) just craving something sweet i don't really typically venture through the reality type shows really yeah not against them i just not for everyone but i think the most reality thing i watch and i still watch is uh hot ones on youtube where the the guy makes the celebrities eat the hot wings yeah Yeah. and there's a new one i I need to watch it has the the lead actor from shang chi is on it so i want to watch that that's a really funny funny little show uh, but it makes me never want to try any of those hot sauces, but it's really funny seeing their reactions yeah. to the hot sauce. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's crazy. I usually watch a lot of stuff, but the last thing, what I watched last, one movie, and it was Jungle Cruise, Disney's Jungle Cruise, because uh, it's now available on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on there. You know, it was okay. It, it's based on a theme park ride, like Pirates of the Caribbean was, and Haunted Mansion, uh, so being based on a ride, it wasn't that bad. Uh, it's funny, it's from the same director of Orphan and House of Wax. <laughs> oh, very random. <laughs> and it also, it is the first Disney movie ever that I have seen that opens with a song by Metallica. <laughs> Their song, Nothing <laughs> Their song, Else Matters, yeah, okay. plays in the beginning and throughout the movie. Now, it's, you don't hear them singing, it's just their their music and mixed with like a composer with strings and stuff to make it sound more Disney yeah. <laughs> but it's a Disney movie with a Metallica song so Sweet. you know it, it was entertaining It's it reminded me of Pirates and it's an adventure movie in the jungle with you know 
mysteries and magic and things like that and the rock being the rock and Emily Blunt was was fine uh there's a funny running gag in it that I liked uh he uh never calls her by her name in the movie he just calls her pants um that sounds weird out of context but when you watch the movie it's pretty funny to me but I don't want to spoil it because right, you haven't yeah, seen it. I really want to see it. Um, it's on my list. But. but my buddy wanted me to watch it because he's uh, The Rock's character throughout the movie keeps telling dad jokes throughout the whole movie. Like these really cheesy, silly jokes. That's part of his character and that's why my buddy liked it because yeah. he totally tells those jokes now <laughs> uh, to his kids and stuff. So, And th- they were funny but at the same time like they're kind of cringy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, check it out. It's just, it's a it's a good one to watch when you, you know, sitting at home on the, you know, if you're not feeling well, like my buddy says, it's a good to sit there and if you're, like, you know, if you're sick or something, it's a good one to have on because it's just, it's a happy movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it a go. <clears throat> all right. So we can dive into our top five favorite movies of all time. Now, I didn't include any horror movies in my top five. I have one. Well, I don't know if it's technically horror, but I do have one in my honorable mention. I have one in my honorable mention, too, but... I'm assuming um, it's the same. But top five, I guess it's different. I'd have to really think about it and make a top five horror. I think so a top five horror would way hard, be harder be like than... like top 20. Yeah, be harder than anything else. <laughs> uh, so what do you got for some honorable mentions? Now... Most people out there will probably think some of these honorable mentions that we explain that we talk about which would be like those would totally be in my top five and they yeah they'd be in my top fifty but I don't know the top five it's just it, that's what it is right now it's not going to change <laughs> yeah I have one two three four five six seven eight nine nine you have nine honorable mentions <laughs> yeah so um, do I oh hey <laughs> uh, I have Baby Driver. Mm. Which is wonderful. I love that movie. Um, I, Avatar. Mm-hmm. Great 3D movie. Yeah. Saw it twice in 3D. A very random movie. Uh, burlesque. I haven't seen Christina Aguilera and I know Cher. what it is. I don't know I why I love that movie. Like, it's just like... I could probably... It's not my why. type of movie normally. Like, it just... Do you like Moulin Rouge? Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's any... Like, if it's like that. I, mean, I don't know why I thought of that. It's kind of like it's... that in Chicago, honestly. Okay. Like, it's kind of that style. You know, because it is burlesque <clears throat> show, but um, and it's very good. And then I have Parasite. Okay, yeah, that was amazing. Yep, which is great. Uh, Legally Blonde, you can't like that was almost in my top five. <laughs> I flip flopped so many times at that because I can watch that movie so much and I love it. I'm guess I, I I think I can guess which one you would have flipped it with, but it's okay. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And then Step Brothers, I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Talladega Nights. A couple of Will Ferrells in here. Oh my mentions. god. When I shoot weddings, um, so many people like uh, don't know what to do with their hands. And I'm like, no rookie Bobby hands. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm constantly saying that at every wedding because there's always that one person that doesn't know what to do with their hands. And <laughs> like, you're making those real awkward. <laughs> I've seen Talladega Nights once. What? I I know you're not a big, not uh, a big Will Ferrell. Not fan. a big Will Ferrell fan. I, but it, the ones I do like are not either of those. <laughs> I liked Old School. That's my favorite Will Ferrell. Movie. Yeah, Wedding Crash. I like him in Wedding Crashers. Right, but he's like one scene, one or two scenes. Yeah, right. Because so I, I really always say, Mom, the meatloaf. 
It's like his one scene in Starsky and Hutch. I don't remember. He was in prison. He had a hairnet on. And, oh. Yeah, one scene. So. The, the movie Get Hard is actually pretty funny. Um, uh, and then my last one was Love and Basketball. Oh. That movie is yeah. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my honorable mentions, uh, The Rock uh, with Sean Connery and okay. Nicolas Cage. Which Prison some, one? Yeah, some, some fan theories that it's an unofficial sequel to um, one of Sean Connery's Bond movies. Because he does uh, play a former British agent and he's in prison. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I'd, I'd believe it if it was really true. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, Dumb and Dumber, 1994. Oh, okay. uh, I love Jim Carrey's. My favorite actor, and oddly enough, none of his movies are in my top five, but I, I do like a lot of his movies. Die Hard, 1988. We'll talk more about that on the next episode. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, 1994. Yeah, that seems to be a lot of people's It's uh, just good. I mean, I've probably seen I've seen that a lot, and it just I've doesn't get old. I've seen it a couple times, and I'm probably one of those few people that I'm like, eh. <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> Um, I feel I mean, the, it's I, I, good. I'm the Don't same. get me wrong. I enjoy the story, but is it a movie I can watch all the time? Right? I get it. I I would watch this like because there's always that debate of that or Green Mile because both are prison movies. Both are based on Walk Stephen King Mile. story. Stephen King stories. Green Mile. I like Shawshank better than Green Mile. Green Mile to me is more meh, but I yeah. liked it. <laughs> I'm the same. I I've never actually fully seen that. But movie, I've never so. read the short story that Shawshank is based on. I probably should. It, it seems like his his really good dramatic movies. Uh, are based on shorter stories as opposed to his novels. Yeah. <laughs> like Stand By Me. Um, Casino, 1995. And that one was almost on my top five, but I went with something else that's a little Never similar. Seen it. It's great. It's long, but it's... Uh, How long? Over two hours. Okay, aren't most movies nowadays? Well, this is, was 1995, so it was pretty long for the time. Right, yeah. Um, but the performances are so good. De Niro, Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, James Woods. It's really good, and it's a true story. Nice. Some of this stuff was twisted yeah, for, for Hollywood. Sure. Like but any uh, other true story, or based on... If you like Martin story. Scorsese, gangster movies, like, totally, Casino's really good. Okay. Uh, I think I've heard of it, I just not seen it. Um, another Scorsese, The Departed. DiCaprio and Matt Damon, Mark Wahlberg. That movie pisses me off. At <laughs> <Okay. laughs> the end? Yeah. But it's okay. Oh, it makes me so angry. It's all right. They, he, but I know, know it's supposed he to. He got him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good performances in that movie. For sure. Uh, I, can, I can always watch that movie. But if it's ever on TV, I'm like, I got to shut this off, grab my Blu-ray so I can watch the non-edited um, version. Yeah, that is one of Josh's faves. <laughs> it's he, good. He loves that movie. <laughs> it actually was... Uh, Martin Scorsese won his first Oscar for that movie. Like, he had all these great movies, but it just, you know, other movies came out and won Oscars over his. But The Departed, he won Best Director, and uh, Mark Wahlberg got an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in that. Oh, nice. Uh, Evil Dead 2 is uh, my honorable mention horror movie. I, I love Evil Dead 1. I love Army of Darkness and the show, but Evil Dead 2 is my favorite out of the whole Evil Dead franchise both the scary and the comedy not just one or the other and it was just it was the birth of the Ash character now he wasn't the first movie but he wasn't a badass he was kind of a, a wimp in the first movie <laughs> but he became Ash with the chainsaw yeah too. Uh, The Lighthouse is an honorable mention of course it is yeah love that surprised. movie to death and Shape of Water 
Oh, really love that movie. That movie is wonderful. It's beautiful. It's very well acted. It's just this. The score is really good. But you know, if you're one of those that will make fun and say it's just about fish sex, then you just kind of mm. miss the point. But yeah, it's, uh, it's not about that. Is that if that's what you're focusing it, yeah, on, it's, then it's, are you really even watching? The movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's a great one, and I actually really do want to rewatch that. I again, was just saying earlier, wasn't so I? And I was like, I wanted to have been wanting to rewatch that. Uh, the the girl in that Sally Hawkins. Yeah, she's wonderful in Paddington, and um, <laughs> she is. She's so delightful. Yeah. And I, Saw Shape of Water first before I saw Paddington, even though Shape of Water came after. Yeah. And um, I knew she wasn't really a deaf actress, and uh, mm-hmm. but I never knew what she sounded like. So when she's talking in Paddington, I'm like, oh, that's what she sounds yeah. like. <laughs> See, I saw Paddington first, um, but she's in that new uh, Christmas movie on Netflix called The Boy Called Christmas. I think that's okay. what it's called. I don't think it's a boy named Christmas. I think it's a boy called Christmas. Same thing. She's in that, um, which. I was going to have that as recently watched, but I uh, only saw half of it, so I can't. Well, you can. You can say that. She recently watched, watched half, half of... The, the, that, <laughs> the last half. The, the half I shouldn't have watched first. But. Um, but Shape of Water is making me very excited for Del Toro's newest movie coming out later this month, Nightmare Alley. Um, maybe in the next couple episodes it'll be out and I can talk about it or just, just recently watched Okay, so that wraps up my honorable mentions. There's probably a hundred more oh, yeah. out there, but... This list was just hard. Yeah, I just we... try to put movies on here that I I, I quote, that I watch all the time or every mm-hmm. year. Because a lot of them would also be like for another episode of Underrated Gems as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm terrible at those, but... <laughs> so and we also didn't want to make this episode like five hours long so yeah. it would have been if I included I everything I short sweet tonight <laughs> <All right. laughs> so top five um, they are in order five four three two one but they're still all number ones right yeah us. like it's but the number one is the number one. Oh yeah but you know five through two or yeah so go ahead and start us off all right my number five is Jurassic Park um, again, I, I flip-flopped on this so much, but this is a movie that I can watch the whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, I can watch all the time. It is the best in the series. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, most people know what this movie is about. <laughs> well, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's probably seen it. It's probably worldwide yeah. known. I did see it in theaters. Um, I did not because it is 1993 and I was three. three. So, <laughs> well, so maybe you did. Maybe you I don't know. know. I was just about to say that maybe I have and I just <laughs> don't remember. I remember seeing um, Jurassic Park three in theaters. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I know, but I don't know what year that was. But I was at least young enough to enjoy it. Now as an adult, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I will still it, watch it. I don't think it's the worst. It used to be the worst of the series, in my opinion, the third one. I, but I think Fallen Kingdom takes that spot. Yeah. Um, there is a part in that movie that is just so frightful to me. In three? No, in Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Kingdom. Is it when they're in the mansion? In the mansion, and that new, like, hybrid, whatever he is, is, like, creeping, creeping on that little girl. Like, yeah. I, but I used to have but, nightmares about dinosaurs when I was little, because, and, and so it just brought those memories back, mm. and the nightmares back, and I was like, oh my god, this is kind of scary. I think I figured it out. I 
think I know why you had nightmares. Because your parents did take you to Jurassic Park when you were three <laughs> yeah, years old like, oh and you God, caught your awesome. first glimpse no, and then it just embedded I mean, in your I've head. I've seen Jurassic Park when I was young. Like I was probably maybe five or six, so a couple years after it came out, I'm sure. But um, I, I wasn't you know, sheltered with things I watched. Hmm. Which, you know, we know this already, but... Um, so basically, you know, you got Alan Grant, Ellie, and they go to, um, you know, an island about dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. You know, with, about dinosaurs. Oh, with dinosaurs. <laughs> and it's <laughs> oh about dinosaurs, God. too. You learn about them. There. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> what do you expect? You know, they get loose and terrorize them, so. Yeah. And they look good. It was animatronics mixed with CGI, but the CGI, it was kind of new around that time. Yeah. And so you some, can definitely and tell. You can like, tell, especially yeah. with like the Blu-ray releases like of them. Like lighter, like a lighter mm-hmm. color. Like, like the um, the brontosaurus, brachiosauruses, or whatever they the were. Trees. Yeah, yeah. But like the T-Rex close-ups is animatronics, and mm-hmm. it looks great. Which looks uh, actually, the um, on set, the T-Rex, I guess, would uh, occasionally malfunction due to like rain, and. Uh, that one of the producers says that the T-Rex scared the crap out of them. They would be, like, eating lunch, and all of a sudden the T-Rex would, like, come alive, oh and God. they would hear, like, people screaming and <laughs> stuff. That sounds like, like a horror movie. Yeah, like, can you imagine just, like, eating your lunch, and that thing is just, like, going off? I'd be like, what like, the... I thought it was supposed to be fake. <laughs> like, oh, my God, it's alive. <laughs> Spielberg directed that one, Steven Spielberg, yep. and he came back for the second one, The Lost World, but then that was it. He, that was the only two he did. Did you read the book, Michael Crichton's Jurassic no. Park? Michael Crichton yeah. is the author. It, it, this this was something that um, I didn't realize was a book. Yeah. You know, until I was like older, and then by that time I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to read it, but I will try. The book is a little less uh, family friendly than the oh, movie was. So it's more vicious. A little bit. People get Some, A little bit. Yeah, but, uh, I'm going to read it. So, so the movie was more made... I mean, the movie does have violence in it. I mean, there's... there's oh, a, for sure. There's a dude that gets eaten while sitting on the crapper. Yeah. You know. That always traumatized <laughs> me, too. I'd go to the bathroom, I'd be, like, looking up, like... But the book, it's a little more detailed. Yeah. On things. Uh, same with the second one. The Lost World, they had a book on that, too. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I know that the uh, T-Rex, like, for their roar, it was, like, a mix of, like dog and penguin and tiger and alligator and <laughs> but that makes sense because <laughs> you know as much as we know about yeah we don't really know what they sound like yeah they could have squeaky voices and we wouldn't even know <laughs> um I, I do love jeff goldblum in that movie he does say my favorite line in the movie and, and it's a uh, there's one big pile of shit because <laughs> it was that was a huge pile yeah, malcolm <laughs> yeah you know you know, I like I like Jurassic Park. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, and I know they re-released it in theaters a while back in 3D, uh, but I didn't I didn't go see it. Oh yeah, I don't I didn't either. But uh, in 2005, I guess like some doctor or something discovered red blood cells and soft tissue in the fossilized bones of a T Rex. Mm-hmm. So like, who knows? Someday this could like become a reality. Well, you know, they should watch these movies and that's you know what oh whatever you think that people are gonna they're like oh that's not gonna happen to us yeah because movies are (laughs) you know fiction to most people that's why people are trying to advance ai 
you know, robots and things, yeah, and yet, and stop. yet, you know, they don't watch Terminator. Robots and see what happens with that. Freak me out. I mean, like, and they're getting more realistic yeah, every I don't year, like it. I don't and they're like doing things uh, on their uh-huh. own. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I that is one thing that it just scares me. <laughs> it'll either be Terminator or it'll be iRobot. Something's gonna happen. Mm. What it should be is Wally. Just yeah. create them to help clean our planet. Aww. <laughs> that could be our future is Wally. No. You know, we, we don't recycle and we're forced to live in space and have everything catered to us and we just become overweight. fat. Yeah. <laughs> and we just make robots clean the planet for us. <laughs> or it becomes idiocracy. Hopefully, That's also our future. We just get not. dumber. Yeah, hopefully not that. <laughs> and then every strip club is also a Starbucks, so that's <laughs> drink coffee while you're getting a show. <laughs> right. Uh, all right, um, my number five, and this is the strange one. This is the odd duck on my list, but I really love this movie. If anybody out here didn't like this movie, it's okay. These are opinions, um, and it's The Nice Guys from 2016, directed by. I Sh- have to rewatch this. It's directed by Shane Black. I love Shane Black. Uh, whether you liked his movie Iron Man three or his recent Predator movie, aside, I liked a lot of his other stuff. I mean, he create he basically created that buddy cop um, dynamic in some of the best movies that feature that, and that's Lethal Weapon, The Last Boy Scout, Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, this movie and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So he created all those characters. So I really respect the guy for his writing. And uh, he also wrote one of my favorite uh, kids' movies, uh, The Monster Squad. <laughs> Okay, so that, that one, is a great. Is I, that I a hear, kids movie? No, probably not. Kind of. <laughs> because it has kids as yeah. the leads, you know, it's about as much of a kids That's movie as the Goonies is. Um, but you know, and I hear in interviews that Shane Black doesn't like to be reminded <laughs> of Monster Squad. I think he doesn't like it for some reason. Oh, and I there's, love it. It's there's great. a great interview with uh, Gosling and Russell Crowe and Shane Black, and Gosling is a huge fan of Monster Squad and keeps quoting it. And you can just see Shane Black's pissed off face. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, this movie stars Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, Kim Basinger, Matt Bomer, and Keith David. Uh, It takes place uh, in 1977 Hollywood, and it's about a private investigator, Gosling, and an enforcer, Russell Crowe, and they have to team up to solve the murder of a famous porn actress. I just, I love the music, the 70s music, I love the 70s background, um, the, the look of the film, it feels like an old noir type story uh the chemistry between gosling and crow is so good you never would think from these two actors because they're totally different the their characters are different gosling is uh he's kind of a a, a fuck up you know and but he's a single <laughs> father but he's trying um but it just he just keeps getting the situations and russell crowe's a total asshole and he's beats up people and they're forced to work together and they play so well off of each other trying to solve this this mystery um but i don't know i just it's so good and i can watch it at any time uh that's why it makes the list um it is loosely based on a 1973 pulp novel called blue murder in the michael shane series um and it does have uh, familiar tropes of shane black movies the buddy cop thing like in lethal weapon and even robert downey jr makes a cameo in the movie he plays a dead body uh, but he's not listed in the credits. <laughs> and you can also watch this this month. 
doesn't take place all on Christmas, but there is some Christmas in it. Shane Black is known for involving Christmas in all of his movies, including Lethal Weapon and Long Kiss Goodnight and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So I say, yeah, watch it and, uh, this month. <laughs> if not for that, at least for the music. And uh, Gosling is so funny in it. I never seen him in anything before this that really thought made me think he was a funny actor. Like yeah. He was always just the romantic interest or I mean there was crazy stupid love that he was in um but it I don't know I've only seen that once so I can't really remember much of it but he he really shined at the comedy in Ice Guys for me yeah um I remember seeing it and I remember liking it but it was so long ago that like I just forget a lot so I need to rewatch it but it's all right it's all right you might remember be like oh <laughs> but if you don't like this movie, that's cool. I know some people that didn't really like it, didn't care for it. And I, I've always wanted them to make a follow-up with them, too. Even Russell Crowe has been, like, petitioning for them to make a sequel to this. It's one of the, his favorite characters that he's played in his whole career and really wishes it would go somewhere. It was actually supposed to be a TV show. Uh, they were going to make it into a TV show, but the producers felt that the story wasn't going to really go anywhere so they just decided to just make it a movie yeah i think a sequel would be cool doesn't even have to be in the 70s it'd be in the 80s but it's just still those two guys doing something different (laughs) so yeah all right so what's your number four um return of the jedi 1983 which is the third installment well sixth six (laughs) but third to me Mm mm-hmm we're just gonna disregard the prequels. Well, I mean, there's there's things to like about the prequels, oh, but if for you, sure, but so um, the sixth movie in the saga, the third movie in the re- release time frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I knew a Star Wars Star Wars movie would be on your list, <laughs> <laughs> but I actually thought it would be Empire. That was close. I flip flop between that and uh, Return of the Jedi because Empire Strikes Back is also like very and that's I think good. a lot of people's favorite. Of yeah, the three. But the third one I just went with because when I was young, that is the one I always watched. And because. And it's not just because there's Ewoks. <laughs> I was going to say it's because <laughs> of the Ewoks. <laughs> I did. Oh, jump, jump. <laughs> Warwick Davis was one of them. Freaking cute! I just love them so much. But they're terrifying as well. Yes, they're teddy bears. Oh my god, the babies like they're teddy bears with like when C three PO is like telling the story at the like when he's you know very dramatically telling them all a story Mm -hmm. and all the little baby Ewoks and they're like like they're all scared. Oh my god, they're just so cute! I just love them and they're just. I would be ter- so spirited. I would be terrified if I woke up in the middle of the jungle and I just see a bunch of Ewoks staring at me with spears in my face. Because <laughs> they are warriors. It's their planet. They have to protect it. They have spears. They have booby traps. But yes, they also are teddy bears. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> think that they were... I mean, obviously they had their creepy things, but you know what really creeped me out the most was that... um salacious crumb like that little rat thing that sits mm-hmm. on Jabba's shoulder yeah. was like tearing C-3PO's eye out mm-hmm. that I don't know why freaked me out as a kid it just like haunted me just him just ripping his eyeball out that yes was 
was pretty terrifying. Um, but for me, as far as Job of the Hut goes, uh, Job of the Hut himself can also be a little terrifying. Oh, God. Yeah, but he's uh, just but, like a creep in general. Yeah, <laughs> but he can't do much. He kind of sits there, except yeah. for the uh, special editions. We actually see him walking around, which is weird. Uh, um, I wish that they didn't. That. <laughs> kind of ruined that. Yeah, that was, I wish that they didn't. Weird. Uh, but it's the guy that stands next to him that always gave me nightmares, and I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, Bib Fortuna. Oh, he has yeah. the white mm-hmm. like elephant like trunk that runs. That wraps yeah, which I mm-hmm. heard from a friend is actually his ear. But what is with that guy? He's got red eyes. He's got sharp teeth, and he just stands there. Yeah. And who is he? <laughs> I, I'm kind of curious. I want to look look him up and see if there's any kind of story behind right. him. But he always scared me as a kid. Yeah. Uh, Yoda actually wasn't even supposed to be in the movie. But they thought that Yoda should be the one to confirm that Vader was Luke's father. Oh, yeah? Huh. I'm glad that he was, though. Yeah, and Jedi's good. It, it wraps up the story of the original trilogy, you know, and they, at the time, you know, weren't thinking of prequels or, well, maybe George was, but, like, you know, or any kind of follow-ups to those, and... I thought it wrapped up the story very nicely, the celebration and the medals yeah. and you know, and it was good. Oh, for sure. And I actually did like in the special edition at least of Jedi that you saw uh, Anakin's uh, ghost. ghost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was a nice touch. Yeah. Um, I am so excited for the um, Obi Wan series. Yes. They're bringing Anakin back. Yes, young and he yeah, got so Vader much in shit his for that prime. <laughs> I know, but it's not his fault. It's like it just—it's the writing, it's, and yeah, it was. And because I wasn't really a fan either, but now that I'm a little older, and I just you know like I'm for if, it. If it was, I think it would be weird if they had someone else play yeah, it, even if, though you wouldn't really see him. But you might see his face. You don't know. Maybe. We don't and, know. And I don't blame Hayden Christensen. It could have been any actor, and he would have got the same criticism because mm-hmm. it would have been that same script, that same scene that I'm always going to have in my head I hate sand it just gets everywhere <laughs> well the kid who played young Anakin was terrible yeah that's the kid from Jingle All, oh, Jingle yeah. All the oh, Way oh yeah we watched that that should have been on my recently watched we watched that Jake Lloyd yeah is his name. He, he quit acting after uh, that and well I would too because he's pretty him. but yeah. that's a lot of pressure on that kid mm-hmm. so I I feel for him on that aspect but yeah I guess it just, like, it, like it, you know, it depends. If it was a different kid, maybe it would have been a little better, but it still would have been the same dialogue, the same script. So, who knows? I don't know. I don't know if I needed to really see Vader as a child. I didn't think I needed to see that or wanted to see that, but it happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people want, like, a hardcore R-rated Darth Vader movie, but we just got three movies of Darth Vader in the 90s, so I don't know if they're going to do anything else. But that's, like, old man Vader. Like, you were, we are actually going to get Vader in his prime. We did, in that little scene in Oh my god, that wasn't enough. But it was for that movie. No, it wasn't. It made that movie better. Yeah, and Jedi wasn't directed by George Lucas. I guess George Lucas only did the first Star Wars and then the prequels. Yeah. And he handed off the reins um, to somebody else. I, I had the names written down, but I, I don't have them anymore. But All right. Well, my number four 
is a comedy uh, movie, uh, even though Nice Guys is a comedy as well. But uh, this uh, this one was tough because I kept switching in and out. Like I was saying, Jim Carrey's my favorite actor, and there was going to be some of his movies in the top five or one of his movies. But there was this other comedy that I, I like just better, and, uh, and that's Tommy Boy, 1995, starring Chris Farley and David Spade, <laughs> Dan Aykroyd, and Rob Lowe, um, directed by Peter Siegel, who did Anger Management and Fifty First Dates. Um, I love Tommy Boy. It's I grew up it with it. I saw great. it in theaters. Chris Farley was yeah he was a comic legend <laughs> he was so good i mean he's you know the guy that's you know overweight and falls on stuff like he's that guy but it's he was so good at it because he didn't it didn't matter he never got tired he always was like a hundred percent like energetic to make you laugh it sadly that could have been all the drugs he was doing and and things like that but um he was just so good and for that being his first starring role perfect it was when he was on Saturday Night Live and they got that movie going that was so good uh the Tommy Boy soundtrack it was actually the first CD I've ever owned when I got into CDs because really? I grew up with cassette tapes my first my one was Backstreet Boys <laughs> it was it Backstreet Boys be. or NSYNC <laughs> and be. I went with Backstreet Boys and no regrets yeah but yeah, yeah I know sorry. Tommy. No, it's fine. Tommy <laughs> Boy, yeah, is it's such a strange uh, soundtrack to be my first, but it was because yeah, I saw I the movie at the time. <laughs> so random. And the music was good because there was the scenes of them singing those songs in the car together, like "Come on, Eileen" yeah. and that Spanish song and and <laughs> stuff like that. And I would, me and my dad saw it, and we would sing those songs. So when I saw that the soundtrack had those songs, I I got it for Christmas. So that was my first. CD and I remember I had a little mini CD rack where you can put CDs in wow. and that was the one that was in there <laughs> and my little CD player next to it so I could listen to it and that soundtrack is awesome I still have it to this day and every other track is a little is a line from the movie so like track 11 is him doing fat guy in yeah, a little nice. coat and then it like jumps to come on Eileen right yeah, after that so nice I have all my original CDs still they're actually uh, around here somewhere. I've lost a few, I but I have a lot. I've got some NSYNC, some Britney Spears. I have a lot of soundtracks, of uh, course, like the Wedding Singer soundtracks. Mm, and, uh, I do. Powers. Um, I have more uh, newer soundtracks. Like I have uh, Moana. I have Trolls. I figured you'd get those on vinyl. Uh, like those would be vinyl ones to have. Yeah, I need a, to buy a record player. Just get the one I have. It's the the portable one in the yeah. suitcase. It's well, like thirty bucks. We have that giant one, but I've never. I'm afraid to plug it in. It's so old that like I don't. Could still work. Yeah. Try it out. I Is got some you? old records. If well, you don't, if you don't want, if you're worried about like ruining some. No, I, some, I have them. I actually have all mine over there. Um, I still. I'm saying I got some old ones that Christmas I don't. One you got I don't mind if it if like oh I'm saying if that record player ruins them. Or oh. Something. If you're if I you're worried about that, I can bring a couple over just to see. I'll just like put one of my. Like ones that I got at like Goodwill, you right. know, like yeah. <laughs> let's try it out, but um, figure it out. But but yeah, this movie was so funny. Um, I I used to be able to quote the whole movie. I think I still can a little bit. It's just it, Farley was so good. David Spade was really good, and those two together, that was a, a stroke of genius to put those two together. They're they're both different. Uh, they both were on Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and so was Dan Aykroyd and. Um, it was actually originally going to be called Billy the Third. 
but uh, it had to be changed due to uh, Billy Madison being filmed at the same time, and both were uh, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live produced. Uh, okay. So it would have been confusing. Tommy Boy is just fine. Um, sadly, two years later, Chris Farley did die of a cocaine overdose and uh, the eating that gave him a heart attack. It's just... It's so been sad. 24 years oh, wow. this year since he's died, and I still miss him yeah. every day. Can out of imagine? all the celebrity deaths out there, I know that we don't know any of these celebrities personally, but that one is still the one I miss the most right. out of everybody. Like, it's sad, Heath Ledger and Paul Walker and all of them, but Farley, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. When I, I was at home, when I saw, like, the Justin on the news and that happening and everything, it just, it killed me as a kid yeah (laughs) it really did he was great and he went on to do a couple more with david spade which was great like black sheep not as good as tommy boy but still really funny um they were both in coneheads together not necessarily working with each other but they were both in it uh and then he did one called almost heroes with matthew perry which is very stupid but it was funny um, they're Lewis like, and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they weren't Lewis and Clark, but they no, were but two it was guys who liked like them. That. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the last thing Farley was working on before he died was Shrek. Shrek. Yeah, the voice mm-hmm. of Shrek. He would have been the voice of Shrek, but I, I would, I would love to see what that would have been. Oh, like. for sure. But Michael Myers was definitely a good. Yeah, and he and he came in as a because he was a personal friend of Farley. They asked him to, and he he said, "Of course." Yeah. took over but yeah I would have liked to have seen what what Farley would have done oh, for um, sure interesting fact Rob Lowe is in the movie um that's not the interesting fact but the interesting fact is that you won't find his name anywhere in the credits the beginning or the end he is actually uncredited and it's actually due to a co- contractual obligation that he was already working on because he was doing the TV adaptation of The Stand so he was contractually ab- obligated to that so he couldn't have his name anywhere else in any movie. So he did it as a favor because well, he was good friends with Farley. Did he get paid at least? Probably, but probably not as much as everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Um, because I think he only like filmed like maybe two days. Most. Oh, okay. He's not in it that much right, if you really true. think about it. Yeah. But Tommy Boy, it's it's been a while since I've watched it, but I. I remember it so fondly that I don't really need to watch it. I feel like uh, Josh and I watched it uh, earlier this year, mm. Tommy Boy, because it's been a while also, and it was on TV. And, and it's still good. On IFC, so they don't edit their stuff, so I recorded it, and I was like, oh my god. There's still so many great scenes. Um, one of my favorites, yes, Fat Guy in a Little Coat's fantastic, <laughs> but there are the bees when they're, they're oh, yeah. <laughs> thinking they're running around with See, like, I couldn't remember if that was this movie um, or... Uh, the other one. Black Sheep. Yes. I couldn't remember Black which Sheep one. Black Sheep was the bat <laughs> stuck yeah. in their cabin. And he's like, <laughs> I got an idea. Turn the lights, open the fridge, bats are attracted to light. <laughs> That's moths, you dumbass. <laughs> uh, but my favorite, absolute favorite part of Tommy Boy that makes me laugh every time, no matter what, is when Farley's trying to change his clothes in the air- airplane bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's too big for it and just keeps <laughs> knocking over everything. I love that. Oh. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to miss you, Farley. I still do. For sure. All right, you're number three. Oh, this is the one that you knew that I was talking about, <laughs> flip-flopping with Legally Blonde. They're um, s- not similar, but they're, they're the same 90s category. They're 90s rom-coms. Yeah. Uh, never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. 
Drew Barrymore. I actually just found my original VHS, mm-hmm. and my friend Jessica was like, why do you have that? Do you even have a, v- a VCR? And I was like, it's nostalgic to me. Yeah, it's a you know, <laughs> okay. treasured item of your childhood. And it's, I put it back in my TV stand. But do you have a VCR? Uh, well, we have a big-ass TV with the DVD-VCR combo in the garage but might not work anymore because it's been cold out there probably i don't know but (laughs) i just donated i hate to say that this just hurts my heart but i donated all my vhs i know yeah i i wish i would have known that i know i'm so sorry i just we were just moving and cleaning shit out and they were just like in boxes just taking up space and i was just like am i ever going to do anything with these so i just but I do. I, I binged them. Binged, I, I, I have a VCR, so. I know. I'm sorry. I should it's have. Okay. I just didn't think at the time, but. It's okay. The VHS, they, they take up space. I yeah, get it. Yeah, and then it's they really... just sit in boxes, and I'm like, yeah. you know, because I don't have, you know, I mean, I have bookshelves, but I don't have. And after a while, they don't work anymore like just based you. on shelf life. I can't deteriorating believe and things. this VC, uh, VHS still works because I watched it and rewound it and watched it and rewound it so many times that I can't but, believe it still works. But recently, have you? Do you know if it works? No, I don't know. It's been in this case for who knows how long. But anyway, so mm-hmm. Never Been Kissed, Josie Geller, mm-hmm. a babyface junior copywriter at the Chicago Sun Times, uh, poses as a student at her former high school to research um, contemporary teenage culture. So with the help of her brother, Rob, who's played by um, David Arquette. He was great in the movie. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I saw this in theaters, and yes, it is more of a chick flick rom-com, but I enjoyed it. This movie is a I don't know, I just love it. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's high school movies. Yeah, there's just like so much about this movie that I just love it, but there's also some things that are just so wrong about it, but we won't get into it. Jessica Alba's in it, too. Oh yeah, she's a bitch. Yeah. But, uh. She's there. But, you know, she comes around a little bit. Um. So anyways, Josie infiltrates the inner circle, and, um, but yeah, anyways, then she starts to fall for her uh, teacher. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. Which is the kind of wrong part. Yeah, but but she's of age, so he doesn't know she's of age, so that's the wrong part. But it's her brother that comes back and then starts dating that 16-year-old girl. That's That's the wrong part. That's the wrong part, yes. But we learn to kind of... You know, but let you just that go because he learns his really. ways. He doesn't. He doesn't go forward with that. Yeah, so. you just don't really think about it at the time, you know. But oh, this movie's just so great. Plus, I love Drew Barrymore. You know, I love Drew Barrymore. She's like my number one favorite. Yeah. So I love and, anything and, she's in. And David Arquette, I love that guy. He doesn't do all great movies, but I like a lot of his movies, and that's one of them. And I love the scene where he's just smashing that coleslaw. tub of coleslaw. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> just, just, Shoving that in his Ugh, mouth. That was probably disgusting. Uh, it has a good soundtrack, and I and, and even at the end, the very cheesy moment where they finally hook up. You know, you want him to, and I'm sorry to spoil this, but this movie came out like over 20 years. Oh right, ago, so. yeah, yeah. For but sure. yeah, he, she does. You know, finally get that get that get that teacher to you know be with her at the baseball game or whatever. Yeah. And the song they played is uh, "Don't Worry, Baby" by the Beach Boys, and that's actually like. My in my top five favorite songs by the Beach Boys. So, yeah, nice no, that scene is great. It does. You you feel the emotions in it for sure. <laughs> oh boy, I haven't seen that in a while, and it's been since parodied a lot. That whole 
Oh yeah, Someone in a, not another teen movie yeah. for sure. Well, Hot American Summer, the spinoff show, did that with Elizabeth Banks's character, where she she worked for a magazine and goes to the camp just disguised as a teenager oh. to do an article. <laughs> See, I don't remember that, but <laughs> but yeah, it's just just a you know good. It's a feel good movie, movie and yeah. it's an awkward movie. Yeah, because there's some. T- I'm like, oh my god, like, stop! It, yeah, it makes <laughs> you. It makes you feel so bad because she's trying so hard, but it's just cringy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do an episode on high school movies. Yeah. Like you know, like yeah, like high school kid movies like that one or like Breakfast Club and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be a good episode. Um, speaking of high school movies, uh, this isn't a high school movie, but it has high school. Um, characters in it and this is my number three and this is Hackers from 1995 directed by Ian Softley who did K-Pax and The Skeleton Key two completely different movies to Hackers <laughs> uh, this one stars Johnny Lee Miller Angelina Jolie and Fisher Stevens Matthew Lillard uh, and it's it is a, uh, about computer hacking uh, this movie is the most 90s 90s movie the, the, of the 90s movies I like, meaning like... Sick of the 90s the, techno music. The techno music, <laughs> the, the lingo that they use, the funky hairstyles and colored tips and things, spandex, uh, Mark Anthony <laughs> is in the movie. I mean, it's very 90s, so some of the stuff is very dated. Watching it now, I mean, this is... They're using floppy disks in their uh, computers. Don't they have, like, those big, like, parachute... Parachute pants. pants um, yeah. Like I said, floppy disks, payphones, um, even landlines... Uh, but it's it was really good and it was it was different uh, when I first saw it because I never seen any I didn't know what computer hacking was or anything like that so it was very fascinating and doing some research on this they actually did made it as realistic as possible as far as uh, the different viruses that were used in it or the hacking techniques that the characters used were actually based on real ways of doing those things like there was a a hack where if you because with payphones there used to be you know to make certain calls you had to put in a bunch of money yeah like five dollars worth of quarters or whatever so there was a hack that they would have a tape recorder put in five dollars worth of quarters and record the sounds the phone makes from those quarter from putting in the money then you hang up you get your money back so whenever you had to do that for an actual call, you would just use the recorder on well, the phone. Well, they just tie a string to a quarter and just I mean, pull it back out? No, I don't think. <laughs> well, the ones you had to put multiple money in, I guess, yeah. would be different, but that's how <laughs> they would do it. And then they had a virus in the movie that they used uh, called, it was like a cookie monster virus, where it was like a, a cookie monster head going around eating up all the data on your computer. <laughs> and uh, the, the way to get rid of it was to type the word cookie. And that's what they did in the movie, and that was a real virus, and that was how they got rid of that. Um, this was like the one of the first. This was like the first movie of, for Angelina Jolie to have a big role. Like she was in movies before this, but this was like her first like starring role. Uh, and she did a really good job with her short hair. Uh, Matthew Lillard. This was one of the first things I've seen him in, other than Serial Mom, with the, with Kathleen Turner. Scream. Um, Actually, thir- this, thirteen goes. This was before Scream. This was before 13 Ghosts. Yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah, but those were the movies I saw first before. Uh, Hackers, because you actually, you didn't make us watch it, but you had us watch it. Hackers. I forced right. them to watch it. Yeah. I tell people to watch movies. A I lot. Force them. He's like, just brings them on. Time down like, and just. Bitches, this is what we're watching, yep. and you I, don't have a I hold their eyelids open, like yeah. in Clockwork Orange, mm-hmm. and they, it's very and they awkward. just 
your eye drops here and there so they don't dry out. So, I mean, because I'm a friend, I'm not going to let your eyes dry out. So. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, this movie has three soundtracks. It was the only movie I remember to have three separate soundtracks that were released. You like volume. I had the first one. Was it just a lot of techno? A lot of techno, some industrial, <laughs> and some like rock songs that were featured throughout. And I don't even know if all three soundtracks track lists were all in the movie, but maybe just because they had the rights to some of these bands and just kind of threw them on there. Uh, the one soundtrack was enough. I, I kind of had my fill of the, the techno music, uh, so I didn't really want to get the other two. And also, like, the year prior, they had the Mortal Kombat movie, which also had a famous techno soundtrack, so I, I had my fill of techno for the entire <laughs> 90s. But they did have some popular bands, like, like Prodigy. And there was a song uh, by a group called Orbital. Uh, it's called Halcyon. And it was featured in the beginning opening credits of Hackers, but it was also featured at the end credits of Mortal Kombat, before oh, the okay. uh, before the Mortal Kombat theme song. That, that was the song that played. Um, but basically what this movie is about is that uh, Johnny Lee Miller plays Dade Murphy, uh, and when he was a kid, he, he's like super knowledgeable at, at hacking. He's, he's got this intelligence that no one else has. And when he was a little kid, he crashed like 1,500 computer systems at, in Wall Street. And it landed his parents a big fine, and he wasn't uh, allowed to use a computer or a touchtone phone until he was 18. <laughs> so when he turned 18, him and his mom moved to New York, and he hooks up with a bunch of other kids, like Angelina Jolie and Matthew Loder, who are also fellow hackers, and forms a bond with them. And uh, as the plot thickens, uh, there is a horrible virus that was planted at this um, company that would is... Um, unless like a bunch of mili- a bunch of money is paid, then five oil tankers will, you know, it'll knock them over, and they're, the the hackers are being blamed for it because it seems like a hacker did this, but they have to prove their innocence because it's not them, it's someone else. But like I said, they use a lot of stuff that was uh, based on on real hacking things. I thought that was really cool to try to make it authentic. I mean, there's even a scene where um, the special agents are reading the Hacker's Manifesto. And uh, <laughs> that was an actual manifesto written by a hacker in the 80s named Lloyd Blankenship who went by the name The Mentor. And it was actually published in Frack Magazine in 1986. Um, in the film, they also talk about a supercomputer called the Gibson, which is a reference to author William Gibson. William Gibson invented the term cyberspace in 1982 for his book, Neuromancer. But I was saying this is a high school movie because he is 18, he's a senior in high school in New York, and, you know, like like most Hollywood movies that involve high school um, characters, these actors were all in their 20s <laughs> playing, playing high school kids, uh, except Jesse Bradford. Jesse Bradford's in it, I think it's his first movie, and he was actually 16 when he was playing this movie. He was in... Clock Stoppers, Swim Fan. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So okay. Hackers was mm-hmm. his first movie. He was 16, but all the other actors Bring playing high on. school. Yeah, all the other actors playing high school characters were in their 20s. Okay. <laughs> so, But I just love this movie. It's, I still it's, think that's a thing nowadays. Even. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been going on since Greece. Yeah. But well, they were too old, but whatever. We won't get into that. It's fine. I mean, Breakfast Club, too. Those yeah. guys did not <laughs> look like high school kids. Maybe Anthony Michael Hall did, but the rest yeah. of them didn't. Uh, but no, I love this movie. It's just I can always watch it. 
the music. I mean, you got a good sound system. You can just really get into it and enjoy the 90s references. I, I've said this before. I like 90s reference things. So that's probably the main reason why I like it. Yeah, I'll have to rewatch that because it's been a long time. Yeah, it's just fun to go back to and recognize people that are more famous now, but they were right. back then. Right, yeah. And the fact that Mark Anthony is in it as a special agent, which has always made me laugh. Yeah, that would be strange. Um, what's your number two? Oh, a delightful movie. Paddington? No. The Fifth Element. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> like, I could watch this three to four times a year, if not more than that. It let the world recognize who Mila Jovovich was, even though she's been in a few select movies before that, but yeah. that was the movie that, like, boom. Yeah, yeah. And that, you know, costume is very... Well, the beginning costume. Mm. <laughs> well, I guess energy. everything she wears yeah, is just you, very you can buy that iconic. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people dress up as her, but um. And Bruce Willis's blonde hair that I've never seen him have before. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you get to, like it's starting to go. Like he's almost bald, but oh, he always had that receding. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but and I love me some Bruce Willis, so yeah, yeah, not newer Bruce Willis, but. Yeah, I mean, he's tr- trying. I said that like as a question. Yeah, trying? <laughs> I think it more is a question, but trying or just, just working. Um, so in the 23rd century, New New York... Oh, no, I don't know why I said New New York. That's, That's Futurama. Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> so New York City cabbie Corbin Dallas, played by Bruce Willis, finds the fate of the world in his hands when Lilu falls into his cab, like literally falls into his cab. As an embodiment of the fifth element, Lilu needs to combine with the other four to keep the approaching great evil from destroying the world. Great cast in that movie, besides Bruce and Mila, because we get Ian Holm, who is Bilbo in The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And uh, uh, Gary Oldman as the villain with a very weird-looking clear helmet. Yeah, and, and he is like a that. limp, too, that like switches mm-hmm. from different legs throughout the movie. It's like he forgets, like... <laughs> You know, and he's such Which a good leg actor it's supposed that, to be. I don't know, maybe that was a, on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and you got uh, good old... Uh, Luke Perry. Yep, him too, but uh, Chris... Uh, oh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, thank you. Ruby Ray. Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. Mm-hmm. Who's Ruby Ray? Uh, okay. See, there's a mistake, but you caught me on that, so now I don't have to talk about this the next <laughs> That's episode. That's because this is my, my favorite, this one, is, my yeah, favorite movie, so... You know, to be, um, be honest, when I first saw it, I thought his character annoyed the crap out of me. Oh, I, I love it. him. But now it's yeah. okay. It's He's hilarious. Out of me. That's how he is. <laughs> it's like, Corbin, Corbin. <laughs> yeah, I think it was going to be given to uh, somebody else before Chris Stucker. I think uh, Prince, actually. I think they offered it to him. I don't think it would have been this. I love Prince, don't right. get me wrong, but it would not have but been I, the same. I just remember reading Chris Tucker's about voice. That. It's true. Brings the character, I think. And, you know, and he plays the, what do you want to call him? Like a radio personality yeah. who's doing like a yeah, He's got a, a good scream, scream, you know. He's got a good scream. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Just, uh, just everything about this movie. Like, there's not one thing I do not like about this movie. 
I love everything. I do like it. it. It's very interesting. Um, it's um, Luc Besson, right? Mm-hmm. Director, because uh, he also did Valerian, which I was hoping would be a good spiritual follow-up to Fifth Element. Leon it was a professional. Um, and Lucy. Yeah, um, I love I love the professional, but uh, Valerian was a little disappointing, but it was still watchable. Uh, but I love the world that was created, the future world, how everything's in the sky and everybody is flying around. I mean, obvious flying cars and stuff. Yeah. And always made me wonder what's on the bottom. Right. Under all the fog. Or they the go clouds. a little under the fog, but not too much. Like, um, and it looked yeah, good. Like street level. For the time it came out with those effects, they did a really good job with it. Like, can you imagine, like, someone like that one, like, Chinese restaurant or whatever, like, coming in or clean or I don't know what it was. That would be amazing. Just come to your window yes. and you just... That'd be awesome. I'd be so yeah, for that. Yeah, looks so good. Um, I uh, there's a lot of iconic moments in that movie, but for some reason, the one it's not even an iconic moment, but it's a it's because there's a lot of comedy in this movie, not just Chris Tucker, but other things. There's things that Bruce Willis does that's that's funny. Um, but one scene, and it's not even like a scene people would remember. Only I would remember, and it's I think towards the when I think they're in the. Uh, I don't know where they're at, but there's a big shootout, and I think it was after they watched the the diva, the mm-hmm. alien diva, and uh, Bruce is like hiding behind something, and he doesn't have a gun, and he's like trying to motion to this other guy, this like oh, and he, this prissy he looking hear. guy, he can't really hear, yeah. and he's like the gun, give me give me the gun, and the guy's he's like behind the bar, <laughs> yeah, and he's like he gets what he's saying, and he just like picks up like. A, a, a rock or no, something. No, it, it was a pool ball. A pool like, ball. It gives it to him like this. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks at him like no. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty great. But the diva scene, wow. Oh yeah, that was um, actually really hard. Like the um, the person who recorded the voice had to record that in segments. I bet that because it was just too hard to do all at once, like. And she looked really good in the outfit, the makeup and yeah. stuff. I I had the same reaction. Ooh. Corbin, yeah, that had so good. <laughs> after she was done, <laughs> I just wanted to stand in awe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think if I remember correctly, I don't think anybody had heard that song or anything before and I could be wrong but I, I'm pretty sure I, I think the reactions are real hmm. I, I believe it they do that a lot in old yeah. movies just, just to like, get real reactions just like uh, when Corbin first met Lilu and she starts like talking to him in her language and uh, was Luke Besson you said mm. is that his name okay uh, starts telling uh, tells Bruce Willis what Jokovic was going to say to him, so uh, his reactions are real. Big bada boom. <laughs> yeah, big bada boom. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to see how Mila is uh, is good at uh, being a badass. Um, oh yeah. You know, because she went on to do Resident Evil and stuff, and just became that badass. But we first saw it in Fifth Element, and she was indeed badass. And it's it's just funny going back and just looking at the movie, and she was like regenerated or created from the robot arm. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot of stuff. Like, I, I don't, 
know a whole bunch about that movie, about like the story and stuff, but just remembering back with the visuals, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's actually supposed to be a trilogy, but they just, because uh, um, the song had uh, three scripts, but they uh, just merged it into one. Yeah. That happens a lot, too. Right. I, I would love like a sequel now. That made me think it's this is a different movie entirely, but we were talking about Bruce Willis. Uh, there was another one that I forgot to put in my honorable mentions that almost was going to be in my top five. It'd probably be in my top 20, and that's 12 Monkeys. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, they had a show, but uh, the movie, I'm not going to talk Sounds too much about familiar. it because we're off subject here, but it's, it's, it's really good. It's kind of uh, one of the few movies people watched when the COVID pandemic first started because that movie is about a virus that kills off half the population and forced people to live underground while the animal kingdom retook the planet and then time travel is uh, invented from the people underground and they send Bruce Willis back to stop the virus from happening and it's good and Bruce Willis plays against type his type roles and Brad Pitt is in it, and Brad Pitt is so good and over the top. He's he he makes the movie, but um, I didn't want to talk too much about it. But it, it, that that's a really good one. Hmm. Yeah, I've never heard of. I mean, I've heard of it, but I mean, I've never seen it. That sounds really interesting. But yeah, Fifth Element. Yeah, that was that was really good. A lot of cool ideas, like I was saying, and I I like movies that feature a future world. Yeah, and done done good. <clears throat> like looks good. Yeah. Um, like Blade pass. Runner or Back to the Future 2 just any kind of future I just I like that stuff yeah. I mean I even liked it a little bit in the movie Reminiscence even though that was still looked modern but it was still futuristic too right I like that stuff mm-hmm. yeah for sure <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch that now see all these like top movies I'm gonna have to rewatch again yeah <laughs> but maybe next month it's all holiday ones yeah. right now but nice guys, like I said. Our recently watched next time is going to be all of these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two uh, comes to us the year you were born. And it is. 90. Yep. Goodfellas by Martin Scorsese. This movie is great. When I was saying Casino almost made the list, uh, it's, it was it was a, just ba- just battling between this, uh, between, between Casino and this, Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, because they both have two of the same actors, De Niro and Joe Pesci, both by Martin Scorsese, but I think in the end, Goodfellas just squeaks by. They're both masterpieces, in my opinion, but Goodfellas, I don't know, I was just more into than Casino. Uh, This one stars Ray Liotta and Paul Sorvino as well, and it's the true story of Henry Hill and his life in the mob. And... uh, Joe Pesci, I believe, got the Oscar for his performance, and he did this movie before he did Home Alone, and when he was in Home Alone, there were talks of him uh, being a pretty scary presence <laughs> in front of the kids and stuff, because they knew him from Goodfellas. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, and he was so good as the character of Tommy. Uh, he, you know, he's a little guy, but he brought such a huge like monstrous performance with it yeah. that you were scared of the guy. Like you didn't think of him as little. Right. And the real Tommy that he was playing, the Henry Hill actually said that Joe Pesci's portrayal of Tommy was about ninety to ninety nine percent accurate. Um, the only difference is that the real Tommy was actually a big, massively built man. But his mannerisms, his character it was Joe Pe- Joe Pesci nailed it. Nice. Um, it is based on a book called Wise Guy, 
Uh, and here's a weird thing that I saw. Uh, it's a little fact. It could be true, could be not be true, but this is what I read. According to the author of the book, they actually there were actually real mobsters that were hired as extras to lend authenticity to the scenes in the background. And they those real mobsters gave fake social security numbers to Warner Brothers so that they would get hired and no one knows how they got their paychecks. <laughs> Um, Al Pacino was also offered the role of uh, Jimmy Conway, which went to De Niro, but he turned it down because he was having that fear of getting typecasted yeah. as those characters. Oh, and then he went on to uh, and then he, Dick Tracy, was it? Yeah, he went on to Dick Tracy, <laughs> <laughs> playing a comedic version of his so-called fear of typecasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he also took a role in Jack and Jill, so I can't forgive him for that one. But, um, what? The, the Adam Sandler movie? Yeah. That movie was... Worst Adam Sandler movie Terrible. ever. Yeah. Might have to make an episode. Worst movies by some of our favorite actors. Um, but not so bad that they're good. They're just No, bad. these are bad. They're just they're bad. Just bad. <laughs> if you like them, great. That's that's cool. I'm not going to, you know, it's yeah, disrespect or anything, but I think a little bit about it. <laughs> it's okay. I'm just kidding. Um, and, you know, in the... The first big line in the movie of Goodfellas is uh, quoted by um, Ray Liotta, and it's, as far back as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. That's a line that will always stick with you when you first hear it, and it was actually voted number 20 of the 100 greatest movie lines of all time. Um, Ray Liotta uh, turned down another movie to play this, um, to do this movie, which was a (laughs) a very good decision, because the other movie he turned down was the little bit part of Harvey Dent in 1989's Batman with Michael Keaton. Hmm. Yeah, it went to... Um, Jack Nicholson? No, no. That's, uh, Harvey Dent would become Two-Face, and but, it, but Two-Face wasn't in it, but Harvey Dent was, and it was uh, Billy D. Williams, who was from uh, Star Wars. That was in the... Ah. It's a very small part, so Ray Liotta turned that down to be the lead in Goodfellas, so that was a good, no, good choice I there. I said Jack Nicholson, but I meant... Um, but he wasn't even in that. No, I was thinking of, uh, what's his freaking face? He actually played Two-Face. Tommy Lee Jones? Yes, thank you. That's, that's what I meant, not Jack Nicholson, because he played the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I meant, but that wasn't even in the Michael Keaton Batman. It's okay, so. it's all right. <laughs> just it's, uh, pretend I it, didn't You were half that. right, it was Harvey Dent, but... <laughs> Yeah. Just wrong movie. That's what I was thinking. Uh, but they did, you know, it's funny. Yeah, Billy D. Williams was the Harvey Dent in the 89 Batman, and uh, he voiced the Two Face character in the Lego Batman movie. Huh. Billy D. Williams. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Uh, but no, Goodfellas, it's, you know, there's a lot of movies about mobs and gangsters and things like that, you know, like Scarface and a little bit of The Godfather and stuff, but Goodfellas has always Sopranos. been my. Sopranos. Goodfellas has always been my top favorite out of all of those. It is pretty good. I saw it for the it's first just, time last That's one that I can ago. rewatch. It's like um, I know your thoughts on it with like Shawshank Redemption, but it was like for a long time, like on TBS <laughs> they would either have Shawshank Redemption on or TNT. Shawshank Redemption or Goodfellas on and no matter what, you know with, with Shawshank, I would just continue watching no matter what part they're in, they're on in the movie on that channel because it would constantly play. Goodfellas was a little different because when it's on TV, it's edited. And this is a very R-rated film. So anytime I'm flipping through the channels and I'm like, hey, Goodfellas is on. 
I'm just going to go grab my DVD and pop it in because now I want to watch it. <laughs> and then and then a lot of times I'll like throw Casino in right after because I'm already in the mood and I want to see more from these characters even though they play different characters but it's still Scorsese in that world. So I always watch them back to back no matter what. Yeah. That's a long day because Casino's yeah. a long movie and Goodfellas is kind of long too for the 90s. Uh, but it's just so good. Good soundtrack. It, uh, it has the... Um, I can't even think of the soundtrack, but I'm thinking of other Scorsese movies because <laughs> Scorsese likes to reuse some of the same songs yeah. in, in his movies, but they but they work. So, good um, fellas, good stuff. Uh, Margot Robbie, actually, like when she was doing, you know, research for Harley Quinn and stuff like that, she actually modeled her accent off uh, Ray Liotta's wife, Lorraine Bracco, in The Goodfellas. Yep, and she was she went on to or be not in Sopranos. The Goodfellas, but Goodfellas, yeah. <laughs> and she's also in Hackers. Oh, nice. <laughs> As uh, uh, Dade's uh, mom. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> fun. She pops up in a lot of things, actually. Yeah. Uh, but that's good. Yeah, she does sound... that. Now that you say that, she does kind of sound like a yeah. more comic-y version of that. Because yeah. <laughs> she is... Uh, she does a really good job. Lorraine Bracco does a great job in, in Goodfellas. And there are times where you feel... Uh, like she's annoying or whatever, but then there's other parts where you feel bad for yeah. her too. Because Henry Hill was such a dick to her; yeah. <laughs> he was so horrible. And he didn't, and he didn't start and off didn't that care. way. Yeah, it was the mob life that turned him. But like he said in the beginning, he always wanted to be a gangster. He always wanted that life, but he could never be a made man because you have to be born Italian to be a made man. But uh, that's a that's a great one to revisit, you know. And that's been out for forever. And, I can still rewatch it. Yeah. Especially for Joe Pesci. Good lord. So good. Now we are down to our number one favorite movies of all time. And this has been your favorite since its release, I'm assuming. Uh, no. No? I was three. That was number three for... Oh, no, okay. I was three when this came oh. out. Well, I'm saying since you watched it for the oh. first time. Yes. I have always loved it since I was a kid. Yes, that is so true. Uh, Well, mm, it might have took a couple times, but I love it now. And it is The Nightmare Before Christmas, Mm -hmm. which I've mentioned in lots of other episodes Mm -hmm. that I I love this movie. And now that it is Christmas time, I will be watching it, but I did watch it a few times um, in October, too. Um, it's both. It's both a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie. Yeah, it, it, it's very. People debate about this, but. Well, so here's the thing with that. I say it's both. It's not one or the other. It's both because I look at the soundtrack. There are songs about Halloween, like "This Is Halloween." Yeah. And then there are songs about Christmas, like "Kidnap Mr. Santa yeah. Claus." So I feel that is proof. You got some Christmas songs and some Halloween songs. You have some parts in Halloween Town, some parts in Christmas Town. Yeah. It's both. You have Christmas in yeah, the title, and you have Santa Claus. You do. And, well, Sandy Claus, Jack that likes he calls to him, call yeah. him. So I always say Santa. You Claus. see elves. You I actually see... have um, that countdown clock that's in Halloween Town. Yeah. I have it. It's on my mantle right now. I'm have counting to see down it. to Christmas, but you can also flip it. Like there's like little things, so you can flip it to do a countdown to Halloween too. So it's pretty cool. Do you every day talk like the mayor and say there are now three hundred? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should. I've I've been quoting the 
good, good, naughty. <laughs> the last, like, couple days, because I don't know why. Yeah, it's just been stuck in my head, because I like the way Santa Claus says naughty. <laughs> There's hardly any naughty kids this year. Yeah, and you know, the claymation was is, is still so good uh, to this day. I love uh, stop animation movies. I have only seen a select few, I think, before mm-hmm. that movie came out. I, I saw Wallace and Gromit before I saw Nightmare. Yeah. And, uh, maybe a few select Christmas holiday things here and there, but that was, I think, the first fe- feature length. Yeah. And it was, it's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a beautiful film. Mm-hmm. And it's just like everything is just so cool looking. And it's, it's just so like, Tim Burton. And then, like, <laughs> even Christmas Town is awesome, and the little mm-hmm. elves and all the kids, like, I just, oh, I just love it. And the and the music. And, and on the soundtrack, like if you have the soundtrack and you listen to the very last track, there's actually like an epilogue of Santa coming back and visiting again. And Jack and Sally have like babies. And... Yeah, you told me that before and it just makes me question things. I know it's something that you don't question because it's a kid's movie. She's like a Frankenstein creation. She's all stitched so, together. You don't so. think she's got a uterus? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably a dead one. Oh, I know. It's going to get morbid here. <laughs> Isn't Jack a skeleton? <laughs> hey, he's nothing but bones. I guess, yeah. That's why she likes him. Uh, and you can, you know, looking at Jack, he's such an iconic looking character. And you can, you can, you can uh, understand why he's such an iconic looking character and you can you know with anything in this movie you know what he looked like he's one of those characters like when we were talking about Totoro in the Ghibli episode you may have never seen Nightmare Before Christmas but you look at him and you're like I know I see I know that yeah. character yeah I recognize that character I was um my nieces and nephew uh visited from Tosky recently and I kept talking about this movie and like I want to watch it, and I was mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't know if they would like it. Like it's just like a movie that's not for everybody, and not a lot of kids. It is a kids movie. Like it, so I don't know if they would like it. You know, like I would have kids watch it over Coraline. Yeah. <laughs> not not no disrespect just, to Coraline. That's also, a great movie. But I would just be devastated if they if watched they it, it and they and they were like, That movie boring. was terrible. <laughs> and I'd be like, Don't if talk to me okay. for two hours. We we no we, contact. We struggle with that kind of stuff on a daily basis with other things we like. Yeah. So it doesn't matter because it's know. not gonna affect you liking your movie less. Right. You're always going to love it. And, uh, you, you know, you have the wonderful Danny Elfman. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movie composers of oh, all time. Oh, my God. Andy, you know, he does my number one favorite show theme song, The Simpsons. His name, you and, see his name um, on pretty much 80%. He didn't 80%. voice Jack, but he was the singing voice for Jack. Yeah. Because the, the regular voice was Chris Sarandon. Um, mm-hmm. He was in Fright Night. <laughs> and uh, Princess Bride. Okay. He was... Uh, Prince Humperdinck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, the singing voice is really... Uh, D- Danny Elfman does a really good job. He used to be in an 80s band, uh, Oingo Boingo. Oh, yep, yep. But we he, looked this up this yeah, one. He, uh, he composes, like, 80% of Tim Burton's movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Ever Scissorhands, which is 
one of my favorite soundtrack scores of Tim Burton's filmography is Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And you can tell, like, Dan, like every composer has that style. Like, you know it's them. Hans Zimmer has the, lo- like the loud horns and stuff for his epic movies. And Danny Elfman has those creepy sounds like, ah, 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 like the choir and stuff yeah. like that. And he uses it in all the stuff. And, I, and, um, I did see, like, I know I said that I watched the second half of The Boy Called Christmas, but yeah. I did see, like, the very, very beginning and so there missed. was I just well I was busy I you know I had my niece and I was making lunch and stuff um, and it took a while but um, anyway uh, the beginning music reminded me of Danny Elfman and Tim Burton and I had to look this movie up to make to see if it was because the style was didn't it? look like no it wasn't mm-hmm. um, I can't remember who it was it was someone I recognize but I can't think of him now but. Um, but just if you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Like just the music reminded me of that. But the look and feel didn't feel Timber yeah. any, but um, the music definitely did. Yeah, and Danny Elfman, like he has other stuff, not just Tim Burton, and you wouldn't think it's his. Like he did the music for uh, Hellboy and uh, Wanted, the movie Wanted. Yeah, did and... he do? No, not Jurassic Park. No, that was John Williams. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like, some people don't like him because he uses the same style for everything, but I, I think he's very talented. He just has so many iconic songs from movies that it's hard not to like the guy. <laughs> oh, uh, Tales from the Crypt yep. name. And Bat- Batman Returns, but I guess that's Tim Burton, so. Mm-hmm. And the Batman. Yeah, and he returned to do a little for uh, Justice League because he his stuff into Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, yeah, Nightmare Before Christmas. I, you know, I've always wanted like uh, sequels to that to see what's in those other doors, the other seasons. Right. Uh, Tim Burton uh, definitely threw that down real fast because uh, Disney wanted a sequel, but it's understandable. He convinced them to drop the idea because um, they wanted to use computer animation instead of stop animation, and it just it just would not or stop motion, yeah, would, and it just would not have been the same. Yeah. But I still would like to see those stories. Oh, those. I would Even love to see it like now the with the with this stop animation that they could do now with the CG and all of that. Like, they could give it to uh, Leica. Leica does um, box trolls and Paranorman, and they're still like, you know, those the. Um, stop motion so yeah. they could take over and do it because I love Paranorman yeah that look that movie felt like it could have been a Tim Burton yeah, oh, movie for too sure. so um, or they could if the company is still around last I heard they weren't but the company that makes Wallace and Gromit and uh, Flushed Away and Shaun the Sheep you know that's yeah. all um, I motion, would so. even be happy with a short you know maybe just I mean, like it's, a it's now hour. a Disney property it wasn't originally a Disney property it was right. Touchstone yeah. Pictures which was Tim Burton's company, mm-hmm. um, and it, and it, this movie is based on a three-page poem written um, by Tim Burton, but it only contained Jack Zero and Santa. Oh, Zero. Aww. He's a cool dog. He's cool. Ghost dog. There's some weird characters for sure in <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, especially in Halloween time. Um, <laughs> yeah. The trick or treaters were very strange. Uh, one voiced by P.B. Herman. <laughs> that little uh, boy, like the... I love the... The something's up with Jack, and he's like, Hope he hasn't died! 
Wait, is it the kid who looks like Pugsley, Pugsley from Adam's yeah. Family, but like the dead version? Yeah, that that one looks weird. The monster yeah. under the bed or under the bed with, uh, or is that the one under the bed with spiders in his head? Or is it? No, it's under the stairs with spider in his hairs. Mm-hmm. But the one that has the snakes for fingers. <laughs> yeah. Even the vam- the vampires with their tiny heads but huge bodies. Yeah. <laughs> Even the mayor's creepy a little bit. A bit with his two faces. Yeah. yeah. The the doctor uh, that owns Sally, basically. Dr. Was, Finkelstein. He was creepy. Uh, originally, they wanted uh, Oogie Boogie like he was supposed to be originally intended to be him in disguise. <laughs> but uh, Tim Burton reportedly was upset by this idea. And like yeah, he literally that, kicked a hole in the wall when they told him that. Right, and you know, it wouldn't make sense because a doctor, unless he was faking the whole time, but that doctor's in a wheelchair the whole time. Oh, yeah. He can't really move and is frail like Mr. Burns. <laughs> and Oogie is like dancing around doing his Oogie Boogie dance and stuff. So no, yeah, it was no, way better yeah. that he's filled with bugs. Oh, yeah. Which was creepy as bugs. hell when I saw it as a kid. Bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's some creepy stuff in it for sure if you're, you're like really the little kids but the soundtrack is good amazing. they did a Nightmare Revisited soundtrack and, and some it's of those songs are good some, some um, like Rise Against Making couple. Christmas and, yeah uh, Sally's song is okay um, I've heard Marilyn Manson's This Is Halloween so many times that I, I just okay. am over it now I it's think okay, and um, but yeah some of them are kind of bad but whatever like, I don't think I could listen to that whole album all the way through. No, I mean, the regular soundtrack thing. and the score itself. I like the overture that Danny Elfman does where it's just a little mix of all of them. Yeah. No, that's a good one. I'll have to add that to my Christmas watch list this month for sure. It actually has been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> I've what? owned it forever. Oh, my God. I but I, I mean, not a long time. I'd say I watched it last year. I watched it, like I'm saying I watched it year, this year. Not more than that. Because it's so short. It it's is. only like an hour and ten minutes or yeah. something crazy like that. Like maybe but it an hour fifteen. Need to be it didn't. It was no. perfectly. But perfectly it's just a quick watch, you know. So mm-hmm. that's I usually like restart it and then like watch it again because it's only two hours of my time. Yeah. But um. But yeah, no. I. I think my favorite song is "What's This" and uh, just him so happy to be in Christmas Town and. His goofy little facial expressions of excitement when he's yeah. looking at things he's never seen <laughs> he's before. He's like touching that. the kids. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wake up, they're like, oh my god, what just touched me? <laughs> it's a creepy skeleton man. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so good. Bunny. That's a good one. Yeah, I should have mentioned that. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I say that all the time. But yeah, and the making of that is really fascinating, and how long it took yeah, them to actually it took do it. A hundred people and three years. Mm-hmm. It was like, like for one second of the film, took like up to twelve uh, stop motion, or a, yeah, up to twelve stop motion movies had to be made. Moves. Moves. Yeah. Because they would like set the scene up with their little models or little clay models and like make it like touch his face and mold it to mm-hmm. like a like a centimeter and then take a picture and yeah. then mold it again take a picture well, and then just do that they, of they times. had like like a ton of different facial expressions mm-hmm. made already like heads that they switched out to and like stuff like it's crazy 
And maybe you don't see movies like this too often anymore because people don't have the passion. Yeah, and I would love to have that set just in my house. Like, it's just so cool. A Halloween town with <laughs> all the characters. Houses. Yeah. Like, you can get, like, a little Halloween village. Yeah, I think that they're porcelain or something. Yeah, but it's just so expensive. Biker, yeah. yeah, it's like 60 make bucks your own. a piece or something. Just make your own out of clay. I'm not that talented. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So anybody out there can make that for me, that would be wonderful. Uh, they they re-released it in theaters in 3D. I remember that, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. I think I saw it. But I did. The 3D I wasn't that good. No, it was just kind of like just the it movie was just popped out. It, just, yeah. it, it wasn't. It, it was underwhelming, but um, I I remember seeing that. I went to make sure. I yeah, did. and they and the, you know maybe in a future episode we'll talk about 3D movies and the difference between. Ones that are made 3D and ones that are rendered, and that nightmare was rendered because it wasn't originally filmed in 3D, mm-hmm. and it just you can tell that you could totally tell the difference. Yeah. Because when I saw Coraline in 3D, which was made for 3D, oh my god, that was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was so I cool. own the 3D one, but it's like the blue and red glass. Paper glasses. Yeah. That's not the good one. Mm-hmm. Might look good on an old. Well, I don't know. I. Any of the old 3D movies I have with, with paper glasses, I always had an old box TV, so it never looked right, but it might look okay yeah. on a widescreen TV. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't tried it. It'll still give you a headache. Yeah. Way more than the new 3D glasses would. But <laughs> it's just cool to have it, the nostalgia of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one of all time is Back to the Future. Surprise, surprise. I know. 1985. <laughs> um... I didn't. It wasn't my favorite. I when I first saw it, it was. I loved it when I first saw it as a kid. But it only became my number one probably early two thousands. Probably for just the last twenty years, it's been my number one. Oh, okay. Because there's been others, you know, like Terminator Two yeah. and all these great nineties movies that I really loved. And then I just, as I got older, I started to appreciate this one more and more every time I watched it. And it just, it stuck with me. And. It, it's just so good. I can watch it all the time. I love the whole trilogy. Those movies are iconic. Like. Mm-hmm. And they can't. And I'm so glad that you won't ever see a remake or a reboot or a part four because the director Robert Zemeckis and the writer Bob Gale own the rights to this, and it's in their their living wills that nobody is allowed to remake, reboot, or make a sequel to it <laughs> as long as they live. So maybe if they both pass away, God forbid, somebody might remake it, and they'll really hate it but because you won't have michael j fox you won't have christopher lloyd right you definitely won't have crispin glover because you couldn't even get him after the uh, the first one was over (laughs) so it won't it will never be as iconic as these movies um i didn't see it until like part two came out so because i was only three years old (laughs) when this one came out but i did see part two in theaters in 1989 and i saw the third one as well and then i saw back to the future the first one that came out on vhs so, uh, yeah, Robert Zemeckis directed this. He gave us Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Death Becomes Her, and Forrest Gump. He's a good director. I love uh, Death Becomes me Her. Me too. It's great. <laughs> uh, stars Michael J. Fox. It is, of course, my favorite Michael J. Fox movie. Second is The Frighteners. Um, oh, Christopher Lloyd. It's probably my favorite Christopher Lloyd movie, um, although he was really good in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, Leah Thompson. It's probably my favorite movie with her, even though she was great in Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Crispin Glover. Um, This might not be my favorite of his, but he does do a great job. His dance scene in Final Chapter still beats anything he's ever done. (laughs) And Thomas F. Wilson, who plays Biff. 
Yeah, this is my favorite movie of his. He has been in other things, but this is where he's most famous for. Oh, for sure. And you know the you know the story. I mean, Marty and Doc, and Marty is a high school kid, and he he wants his band, Marty and the Pinheads, to play the talent show at school, and he he blows the audition because the judges are just unfair and say, "I'm afraid you're just too darn loud." <laughs> Next, please. <laughs> who is a cameo by Huey Lewis of Huey Lewis and the News. And apparently that happened to him in his real life band. Some judge said that they were too darn loud, <laughs> um, which is funny. So we'll never see Marty and the Pinheads go forward. That's a shame. Uh, he's friends with this old crazy scientist guy named Doc, which I've always wondered how they became friends. They, yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird relationship, this young high school kid and this old single weird doctor or doctor maybe it scientist. like started as like a you know how like a volunteer thing where you maybe like maybe he was like a substitute science science teacher or something and then they just became friends i guess i don't know it's still it still <laughs> makes me wonder how they became friends because even like the whole town just knows him as a crazy scientist like that is just talks madness you know so i mean <laughs> yeah. i don't know uh, but that you know doc and marty are the inspirations of, for rick and morty um, I definitely see that. You know, and they use the iconic DeLorean car as their as their time travel device. And actually, after the film's release, John DeLorean, who invented the DeLorean, actually sent the creators a letter thanking him, thanking them for immortalizing his car. <laughs> and, you know, and every year the movie celebrates the anniversary of its release. And there's even talks of new DeLoreans getting created because of how popular this movie still is today. Now, how many versions of this do you own? Well, I have a VHS tape, not the original tape. I think I found it at a Goodwill maybe like 20 years ago. Um, but only the first one, so I need to find part two and three on VHS. Uh, I have the first box set DVD release, which is actually um, expensive now, but only for the case, because Every time they make a new edition, they maybe add one more special feature, but the special features are all the same for all of them. Um, like maybe they'll uncover some extra that they never had that they just got and they'll put it on a future release, but uh, it's really the case that is what's expensive. Uh, and then I got um, the individual DVD releases for all three. I got another box set that came out. I think it was the 25th anniversary one. I got the 30th anniversary one. I got the 35th anniversary one. And the Blu-rays of all of those. So yeah, I have like six or seven sets of these movies. <laughs> I know. For the collection. I, I have all the video games that they ever made. Not, I don't have the, the cartoon series. I have the cartoon series. The whole, the complete series on DVD. Uh, I do have the original two Nintendo games that they made that were crap. But... They're great to have. But you got them. I got them. Uh, I don't have the Sega Genesis Back to the Future 3 game. That is crazy expensive. Also a crap game. Or the uh, Super Famicom game, which is the Japanese Super Nintendo. Uh, they, they made a back, Super Back to the Future 2, which is awesome, but they never released it in the States. Like We get these crappy Nintendo games and the Sega game, and Japan keeps the good Back to the Future game. Uh, it's not like the greatest game, but it's better than those other ones we got. Uh, and then I got the the uh, Telltale game, uh, Back to the Future, the point and click that PS3 had, and oh, okay. I got the one on PS4, yeah. it's the same one, it's just a HD remake, and that's a great game, and if you 
really want a Back to the Future 4, that's the closest you're going to get. Because it has, they bring back some of the old voices, and it does take place after Part 3. So they, they follow the continuity. And Marty has to go back in time to find Doc. And you, you see Doc when he was in college. You go to the gangster um, speakeasy days. It is really good. It's mm -hmm. a really cool game. If you're a fan of the movies and the story, you will love this game for the story. Um, but I just, yeah. So yes, aside, I do have a lot of merch <laughs> from this movie. <laughs> I mean, my whole bedroom is decorated in this stuff. And I mean, I even have a bathroom floor mat. Of Back to the Future, I mean. And a Transformer. And a Transformer. And I, the only thing I don't have is the actual DeLorean. <laughs> but I would never drive it. <laughs> I'd want to keep it pristine. <laughs> Just sit in the parking lot. <laughs> um, you know, this was an interesting little tidbit. Uh, Michael J. Fox has said in interviews that strangers would always call him McFly when he's walking around. And, but he said the most remarkable instance of that was when he was in a remote jungle in the South Asian country, Bhutan. Uh, located between China and India and the eastern Himalayas, a group of Buddhist monks passed him, and one of them looked at him and said, Marty McFly! <laughs> That's awesome. That's how yeah. iconic this movie is. This, Even if you've never seen it, it's one of the most popular, still ongoing phenomenons yeah. of all time. Oh, for sure. Um, Ronald Reagan, former president, former actor, uh, was very love this movie as well. I mean, that's why they kind of made fun of him uh, when Marty went back to the 50s. You know, cause in 1985, the president was Ronald Reagan, and, and Doc was like, okay, future boy, who's the president of 1985? And he goes, Ronald Reagan. He's like, Ronald Reagan, the actor? <laughs> so <laughs> Ronald Reagan loved that line because Ronald Reagan used to be an actor before yeah. he was a president. And he actually... Uh, used the line from the movie where we're going, we don't need roads, in his 1986 State of the Union address. <laughs> um, some more trivia here. At the time, the head of Universal Studios didn't like the title Back to the Future and insisted that no one would, at the time, no one would see a movie with the word future in the title. He wanted the title to be changed to Spaceman from Pluto. Oh gosh, um, that's like so random. It has nothing to do. Well, with Well, I think it's the family. name of the comic book that the little kid is reading when Marty crashes into their barn, oh. and you know that's why they use the DeLorean because, in, to people in the fifties, it would look like an alien spaceship, and him wearing the um, hazmat suit would oh, make yeah, him look yeah, like yeah, an yeah. alien. So that's what they were kind of going for, and. They, they, there was that line where he's uh, in the suit and he's trying to make George, like, scare George when he's sleeping to, like, ask Lorraine to the dance. And he's like, my name is Darth Vader. I'm an extraterrestrial from the planet Vulcan. So, but when they were, were trying to change the name of Spaceman and Pluto, they were going to change that line to him saying, I'm a spaceman from Pluto. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they ultimately didn't go with that. And yeah. that, was a, that was a good thing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> And, you know, like I said, we never got a fourth film, but Christopher Lloyd actually always wanted to do one, and his idea for a fourth one was for them to travel back to ancient Rome. That's what he's always wanted. Uh, we won't get that. Uh, it only had a $19 million budget, believe it or not. Hmm. And it was the top-grossing release of 1985 at $385 million worldwide. Damn. Still makes money to this day. Oh, you know? for it's, sure. It's so iconic. It's, it's insane how iconic it is. Uh... The uh, Johnny Depp auditioned for the role of Marty. 
Oh, and in, in uh, newer uh, interviews, the Bob Gale was like, you know, when they were when they told that to him, they're like, huh. Because back then Johnny Depp wasn't really anything, so he did he didn't remember that he he did audition for it. So, but yeah, I'm pretty. I mean, who knows what it would have been like? But so if you notice, if you watch the VHS version or the DVD, at the end of the first one it says "to be continued." Uh, that was only added to the physical release. You never saw that in the original theatrical cut of the first movie, because at the time they didn't they didn't. He wasn't intending on making sequels. That whole ending with Doc saying, "Yeah, come back with me, back to the future. It's your kids, Marty." That was more of a joke ending to like kind of poke fun at the open ending yeah. type thing. So they had no intention of making a sequel. And then they, you know, got money to make a sequel, and that was so they started doing that. And then that's when the VHS was coming out, so they had them tack that on to the okay. VHS tapes. Um. Because there was no intention of sequels, because uh, he, he uh, if 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 there was if there weren't going to be sequels, then Jennifer wouldn't have gotten in the car with them, because that now explains why she's basically knocked unconscious at the beginning of part two and not really part of it. <laughs> kind of weird, interesting. Now, a little thing here: it, with it, at the time of its release, it was banned in China for a while because the notion of time travel disrespects history. <laughs> uh, the ban has been lifted by now. That is hilarious. So when, when Marty goes back to the 50s um, because of the underwear he's wearing, people think his name is Calvin Klein because it's written all over his underwear. Um, <laughs> in the so French translation of the movie, his name is Pierre Cardin. Uh, and in the Spanish translation, he's Levi Strauss. <laughs> <laughs> so very interesting stuff there's so many there's like thousands of more things of trivia you can look up for this and there's just so many things that so many theories so many just things but I didn't write them all down because I could make a whole episode on just back to the future right well and there's like so many like little details mm -hmm. like that one like you know when he goes back and he hits one of those pine trees remember and it's not Lone Pine Mall. It's it was now... Twin Pine Mall, and now and then it oh, became, and then it became Lone, Lone, Lone Pine, Pine Mall. Mall. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Old Man Peabody. And you know, it's just like trees. little details like that. I'm like, how many mm -hmm. other little details are in there that I haven't? They, noticed? I thought they did a really good job with their continuity uh, as far as going in the past and then into the future. Um, but you really, I mean, they really can explore more with the characters even after part three because, I mean, except for the game, because we, we know all about Marty and his history and his family. We know about Doc now and his history and his family because the third movie was more about Doc. Yeah. And uh, maybe that's why some people at the time didn't like the third one or maybe it was the Western thing. But, and I'll admit as a kid, I thought it was the weakest of the trilogy. Um, but it's actually becoming my second favorite of the I like trilogy. It. I think the I've second one is my it. is the weakest. I do love the future stuff in Back to the Future Two, but the story itself was almost like the first movie just filmed in a in a different point of view. Yeah. Uh, but I still love it. But I've grown to love the third one as I got older. Yeah, I always liked it. I watched that one a lot actually as a kid. The music is all great. It's the first and the third I watched the most. And this is a perfect, like, trilogy. It's, it's the same creator, same writer, same uh, music, same actors, like, everything all together. So this is a good trilogy. Um, 
it's it's best to watch all three in a row for sure. Oh yeah. The music is so good. Alan Silvestri is the composer. He that that theme is so iconic. Yeah, these it's these so are good. movies that if they are on TV and there's nothing else, like I usually that's what I find. It's on. very quotable, you know. It uh, is. I should have been an honorable mention, but I knew you were talking it's about okay. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm sure it's on everybody's wonderful. honorable mentions, yeah. or even oh, if yeah. it's on their lists. Um, but it is my number one, and it probably forever will be. Yeah, I know it's uh, my friend Chris's one of his favorites too. I mean, I dress as Marty McFly for Halloween. I mean, I, I have his outfit with the yeah. There's the actually, the... I think one of the few pictures we have together. <laughs> you're wearing that, and I have this really cheesy, a, weird grin on my face. Yeah, I have a cheap, <laughs> cheap cardboard hoverboard that I carry with me for the suit, you know. And it's, uh, I don't. It's an easy costume to wear. I don't look yeah. like Marty, but I, but I'll wear what he wears. And people will know who you are. Exactly. Well, not the younger crowd, but. Well. Whatever. My age group would be like, Marty! Other yeah. kids are like, why are you wearing that life preserver? They'd be like the bullies in the movies. <laughs> it's, it's the best. <laughs> no, no, no. I did wear it at work uh, last Halloween, uh, just this recent Halloween, and I had the, the vest on, and uh, I, I didn't, uh, I couldn't carry the hoverboard at work with me, so I kind of used some... Uh, uh, Velcro strips and sort of attached it to my vest, so I had it on my back, kind of like a sword on my back. But I had the hoverboard, <laughs> nice. the pink hoverboard from the second movie, just attached to the back. And I'm walking around, and this young kid that works at where I work, he's like, "What are you supposed to be?" And I was like, "Oh, you never seen Back to the Future?" He's like, "Nah, I, I've heard of it. I've never seen it." Oh. And I was like, "Well, I'm the lead <laughs> character from Back to the Future," and he's like, "Oh." I thought you were, like, some kind of subway surfer guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, younger people may not get it, but I grew um, up with it, and I love it. There's just nothing better. Well, any final thoughts on our top five? No. No regrets. Nope. We probably won't be re revisiting this one. We may uh, mention these films later in other yeah. episodes, but... I did stumble a little bit. Then yeah. I made that big no no. You did make that. Yeah. Oh. Maybe you should maybe we should edit that. And then edit me just saying this so this doesn't sound out of context. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have our editor do some things. Uh, and then they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Oh gosh. Uh, and now we will start working on our next episode, which will be a Christmas themed episode because yes. we are in December so we'll Just be talking about season. some Christmas classics like we did with our Halloween episode yeah and I'm going to mention mention this now to get people excited coming soon don't know when but coming soon Nicolas Cage raging cage have his own episode yeah. we love Nicolas Cage I yes. know a lot of people out there I've seen people's comments he's the worst actor ever he's he'll do anything he will this 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 to, to me, to, to us, he's fantastic. Yeah. He makes a bad movie great. Yeah. He, he, he has good movies. He really does. Will he take anything? Yes and no. He'll take it because he is still in debt. But he, do, he is particular about the ones he takes. He actually does do research on things. And if he likes the characters that he's going to play and has 
and what kind of creative freedoms he has no, with he's it. He's not Bruce Willis. He'll take it. Yeah, Bruce Willis will do anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I know you love him. I, know, I love him too. I even but, said that that's, you know, maybe Yeah, but now he's worse than that. Cage. Yeah. And he plays the it's same dude in every movie say, now. Exactly. So. I mean, Glass was the last movie that Bruce Willis had in theaters that I can think of. Everything else since then has been straight to video or straight to streaming or whatever. Yeah. He'll do anything. But Nicolas Cage is particular. So, and you know, within that little group of movies like Knowing and Next and whatever, we get some good performances like Mandy and Pig and, you know, and he was great in Spider-Verse. You know, he's my favorite oh, character in the Spider-Verse. Willie's Wonderland. Yes, it's a dumb movie, that. but he's Yeah, great. but he doesn't have a line in that entire movie no. and it was fantastic. He was good. Like I said, he can make a bad movie really good. Like we were saying in our bad, so bad they're great. The Wicker Man. Yeah. He made that movie so watchable <laughs> yeah. for the wrong reasons, but for good reasons, too. Anyways, yes, we will have a full episode, maybe even a two-parter it dedicated. Probably, it will definitely be a two-parter. To one of our favorite actors, actors ever, right Nicholas Cage. Coming soon. Well, that wraps up our episode today. And special shout-out to Brondo, the Thirst Mutilator, for sponsoring us uh, this episode. And we'll see you at the movies. Bye.